0: i'm becca campbell your pediatric sleep consultant and this is the little z sleep podcast where i'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits on episode 90 today i'm talking with a mom who lives in australia and that is you guys the most profound thing I'm still blown away and humbled by every day families all over the world are choosing to listen to the podcast are choosing our sleep training programs. And I am so thankful today. It's a full circle moment. Katie actually discovered this podcast when she was looking for desperate sleep help. And then she went through our programs and I have her as a guest today telling us her story of absolute just complete transformation stick around to the end because she and I also have coaching time so I hope you enjoy my conversation with Katie in Sydney Australia
1: well Katie thank you for joining me I I don't know if you probably don't know this backstory but um Kate my uh assistant guru right hand she was like Becca I've starred an email that you need to respond to. Katie needs to be on the podcast. (laughs) So I love it. I'm so glad to be connected with you all the way in Australia. I just, I love technology. I love that it doesn't matter where you live. Sleep can still be a thing. Um, So before we get too deep into things, would you tell us a little bit about what were things like before you guys got started with sleep training?
2: Well, I'll just say, thanks for having me. but mostly, I, I thought you had to know my story when I found this note I wrote to a sleep website that I used to follow when I had my first daughter. She's now four and a half years old. And I wrote this. My five-month-old is still swaddled to sleep. When should I worry about removing the swaddle? I've tried leaving one arm a couple, out a couple of times, but she woke herself up. She has strong bounce rock shush associations for nap time, and feeding association for night wakings. I started sleep training a few weeks ago and we're now stuck. And then I go on to say that uh, four days into nap training, I removed rocking and I reduced bouncing quite a lot. (laughs) Being frequently successful at putting her down for naps half awake. Suddenly, she started waking up five times every night as opposed to twice just for feeding. And at that time, the gentle bouncing had to become really vigorous squats. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> it's easy to laugh about this now, but, you know, it was my world then. I said, I'm stuck. I couldn't remove the uh, bouncing and or reduce the rocking. I said I was, like, backtracking and that I was focusing on naps first because the night wakings weren't much of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I saw this, I was like, "Oh my gosh! I really need to share this with Becca because." So this was my all I knew, or the little, very, very little I knew about sleep um, when I had my first, and then now I have a second. His name's Max. He's uh, now eight months old, and thanks to you, he is a great, great sleeper. You know, he he sleeps through the night every night, uh, with little exceptions. And I had to wake him up from all oh, his he naps. He's he's really great. So
1: Wow. And if only five however many years ago that was, you could know what you're doing now. It's like, wow. <laughs> and I hear yeah. that all the time. Like, oh, I wish I had known this stuff. But as you and I said right before we started recording this, is you know, sometimes you have to go through something to realize, wow. <laughs> it could be exactly. better, it could be different. And I cannot tell you how many moms I've worked with who tell me they want to take scissors to a yoga ball. They don't ever want to do squats at the gym anymore because they associate it with what used to happen. And it's, I've heard that so often. And uh, it's, yeah, it's not to be taken lightly, you know, what you have to go through. But I'm so happy that, you know, you and I are here now talking about that success. So with that in mind, you know, with how, knowing that maybe you didn't want to repeat what you did um, with your first, when did you guys get started on sleep with Max?
2: so yeah when when he was a newborn, he was already like he was a very different child to my first, so in the newborn stage, she didn't use to to be that massive you know newborn sleeper, but he was like he used to actually uh sleep really for a really long time, sometimes I had to wake him up to feed and stuff like that. So I kind of thought, oh okay, these things are different now. it might be that you know i I was lucky to get a, a baby that sleeps was you know a a lie that I I was told (laughs) one of the lies I was told when I when I started having kids and but then sure enough when he was about like one and a half month old he started uh, waking up more often and having like rubbish naps so that's when I went looking for your podcast and I I think the first episode I wrote let's solve short naps so that was super useful already I started telling all the moms in my mother's group uh, look guys, you need to listen to this. It's amazing. Rah, rah, rah. And I bullied a couple of, th- couple of them into, <laughs> into um, doing the same thing. When I told them about like ditching the dummy, we call it the dummy, the pacifier at four months old, they were like, what? We, I couldn't, couldn't possibly do that. And it was quite an uproar. but yes, he was sort of late newborn stage. And then we took the newborn course. And mm-hmm. then after that, I did the f- four to five months one as well.
0: Gotcha.
1: So uh, I know it's, it's been almost, I joked, I said this exact the same thing to a mom earlier today and it's the first time I ever put it in his words, but for Max, the last time he sleep trained was like half of his lifetime ago when he was four months and I was eight months. So it's been quite a while yeah. um, since you sleep trained him. So how did, if you can remember, how did it go? Like I really do want to know the good, the bad, the ugly, the awesome. Walk me through like how oh, okay. was that process?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I remember you know, as soon as I started implementing the newborn uh, root routine, quote unquote routine, things already started getting much better because he started um, having longer naps. So that was great. And then we had to go overseas. I think, I don't know if you remember, you actually answered to a question of mine because we we went all the way to Brazil where I'm from and it's a 24 hour journey and it's a 13 hour time zone difference. Mm. So that was And as a result, uh, you recommended me to start the four-month training, uh, I think about a week and a half, maybe two weeks before he actually turned four months old. And I think he seemed quite ready for it, actually. It worked really well. When we changed over the time zones, I think it might have actually helped for him to establish sleep. I don't know, but it worked really well. The only problem I had with that was that also because the time zone difference, I think, and I was super busy with you know, the family stuff. My sister was getting married. It was like this big Mm. trip. My dad was not well. and But what happened then was that he lost weight. And because I didn't, I didn't notice because we were away. So this was really difficult because when we got back, that's when I realized he was actually super skinny. Mm. Um, So this was really sad and and a bit distressing to me. So this was really difficult. But I think if I had my time over, I would have just monitored his weight, which is something that, you know, I remember you saying you need to check that because he started sleeping through the night straight away.
1: Mm, and wow. that
2: you always say you need to check that your child is built to start sleeping through the night. You know, like if they can, mm-hmm. if they're, if your doctor recommends for them um, right. to, to do it. And this is something I just didn't do, you know, like I had too much on my plate. Right. Right. Um, so I think it was a little bit my mistake in that I just did not actually monitor his weight and we were away for like three weeks, you know? So it was actually a really long time in the life of a small baby. So I don't blame sleep training. I think it was just, I failed to actually monitor when I should have. Generally I would, you know, with my first, I would weigh her every week. If I had done that, which is sort of normal behavior for, you know, a mom of a young baby, he wouldn't have gone through that, but he bounced straight back right after that. Then I started actually having to weigh him once every night to feed, and he in a few weeks he was right back on on uh, his normal weight. So and then th- things have been uh, pretty good ever since.
1: Okay, that's awesome. I, I, I want to pause with that because it's perfectly fine, especially when a baby needs to have a nighttime feeding that you may need to go wake them up and have that feed. But the key of that is that you didn't feed him to sleep because then that, that beats the point of yeah. everything. And so I know that you fed him in, in a way that he, know, he knew, oh, this is food. I need to eat really good right now. So that's such a, uh, such a great testimony to that. And uh, one day you and I will have to catch up and talk about uh, time, massive time change, travel with babies, because that's something else. I've I've never done that personally. I've kind of coached people through it a little bit, but it's different having done it, I'm sure. So now being on this side, what is, what are his nights like now?
2: So for the past kind of month, it's a little bit different For the past few weeks it's been a little different he's been sick and I don't know what is happening so we might chat, chat about that a bit later but his normal behavior is that he will sleep like a log at least 11 hours uh every night and he has like a two-hour nap in the morning a one hour nap in the afternoon and I almost every single time I have to wake him up from his naps he Definitely doesn't associate feet to sleep, which I think was my main mistake with my daughter. You know, he will sometimes yeah. be tired and kind of start falling asleep on the boob and stuff like that. But I'm always like able to wake him up, bring him out of that. And just then when I was putting him to sleep now, he was just tired. He was ready for it. You know, like I, I'm like putting the sleep sack on. And, and as soon as I put him down, he just turned around and put his thumb in his mouth and like, get
1: out of my room.
2: <laughs> he loves his sleep.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I have one more question before we get into you asking me questions. I didn't put this on our, you know, outline for today to kind of get you ready. But is there anything that you would want to speak into from the breastfeeding perspective of sleep training? Oh,
2: yes. Okay, so this is something I wanted, I really wanted to say to share, actually, because one thing I was told when I, I had my first was that breast milk is the solution for absolutely everything and anything. All your child need, needs is a breastfeed. Whatever happens to them, if they are crying, if they're upset, if they're happy, just give them the boob, and that's it. It's you know, th- there was this expression someone told me to be, told me then, which was like, just keep your baby plugged in. Oh. As in like on my boob the whole yeah. time, and that's exactly what I did. And I obviously thought I was doing the best thing for her, you know, but I don't think breastfeeding, I know now that breastfeeding does not replace sleep and that sleep is just as important. And it's not only for her, I mean, and I'm able, like, I, I'm still breastfeeding. My, my second is breastfed. Malu was also breastfed until she was two. And Malu is my eldest. Uh, Maria Lucia and she she loved it you know but she also I didn't I never had enough milk for her so she was also bottle fed she also had formula in the bottle and so does Max you know for some reason I think I'm just a mom that doesn't produce a lot of milk but there was a lot of pressure I felt with Malu and with Max I didn't let it get to me to like I just thought that I didn't have enough milk you know, because she just needed to feed more and more and more and more. And I know that, you know, it is a baby sucking that will make you produce more milk. That is true. But she was like on my book 24 hours a day, almost (laughs) like seriously, quite close to that. And I never had a full night's sleep until she was two. I went back to work full time when she was 12 months here in Australia. We we have, it's wonderful. We have 12 months maternity leave. So, you know, She had all that time, but it was never really quality time, and she still was also bottle fed. You know what I mean? So it's like I made kind of made her let go of her sleep because I wanted her to breastfeed, and she didn't have both things in quality at all because she didn't. She still had a bottle, and she still didn't sleep. And I got to this point where I was just so stressed. I was like a zombie all the time. I my first year of work was like. Not, didn't count. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it was seriously not very productive. And then at the end of that first year, I, I made a career change. And when I started the, the new job, I was like, okay, I really want this. And I just cannot function. Um, she was still waking up twice or three times a night. And when it got to a day that I, I was like, She was on my boob for like 90 minutes and I put band-aids on and I told her, my boobs are sore. Like you can't, I'm so sorry. There's no mama. She says mama, that's Portuguese word for it. There's no mama. You can't have it. And she was like, okay, she understood, you know, she was fine. So it's, I think that if I had my time over, you know, I would have done things very differently. But the truth that I found out is that you don't have to give up breastfeeding have a child that sleeps that's the main thing that i found out and that's what i kind of try to tell everyone these days
1: (laughs) and thank you for sharing that because it is so true i talked about today on instagram snuggles it's the same kind of thing people want to know do i have to give up snuggling my child do i have to give up breastfeeding my child i'm like i'm not a monster and sleep training is not a monster we're just trying to create happy healthy well-rested families and just like you said we're trying to create well-rested babies so that they are excited to eat and happy babies and happy children so that they wanna snuggle with you and have a, you know, have a cuddle before they go to bed. Um, I talked about how my five-year-old is like, she comes home from school and has to snuggle right away. Like, I gotta snuggle, gotta have it, because she's missed it. And, it. and she sleeps great throughout the night. So these things are not, um, you can't only have one. You don't choose what you want. You can have, sure. you really can't have it all. You really can't. Yeah. I think the main discovery for me was
2: that was how much you know Max needs that quality as much as he needs the breastfeed. You know, don't give up sleeping for eating. At any point in our lives, why does a have, does a baby have to do that? Mm-hmm. It, you know, to me now, it just it's so, and it's frustrating how people really don't understand that. You know, it's so common that uh, when people ask me, "Oh, you're so lucky," you know, you you have a baby that sleeps, and I'm like, first of all, I'm not lucky. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I worked for it. Second of all, sleep for a baby is a skill that they have to learn. And it's your responsibility as a parent to teach them. You know, I, I was reading a book, actually, I don't know if I should quote, but then you can edit this out. If you uh, you want to, a lot of the things that she says that I think are very nice to hear, but, you know, she says, ah, you know, your, all your baby needs is, you know, like your snuggles, Something like that, and then she was saying, you know, if your if your baby's crying, you don't have to kind of like bother trying to make them sleep. Just take them for a stroll. Literally, she said that on her Facebook the other day, and I'm like, can I just say this is wrong? Like, Mm -hmm. if you're tired and you want to go to sleep and you need sleep because you need to restore your your, yourself, are you gonna go for a walk? No, you're gonna go to bed. Yeah, (laughs) you know. So when I understand this now, I just find amazing yeah. that people try to tell you that you can
1: just you know kind of trick your baby into doing something else other than sleep mm-hmm. oh I think that's on on the similar you know I'm totally fine to keep all of this in the podcast uh on the similar vein of that I was reading in one of my I can't remember which author it was it was I really like this uh, devotional and it talked about how she said she's a mom of six boys so she definitely knows how important sleep is and she was like I think sleep is God's way of telling us that we're not God. <laughs> like, have to sleep. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's true, it's true. So I think that is so good. Um, I yeah, I could go on and on about it. But um, I've got a few more minutes here. I want to spend some time asking you what kind of questions you might have for me. I know you mentioned uh, some early morning things are going on with Max. What's what's going on?
2: Yes. Yeah, so he uh, he's now eight months old, and I think I really wanted to know, like, is there You know, eight months old regression type of thing. I don't know because he, and I don't know if he's teething or if he's because he has been a little bit unwell. He has had like so yesterday he had a thirty seven point five fever. The day before had a thirty eight. But he's not generally unwell. He's fine. But that those little fevers and a little bit of a runny nose. I think he has a little cold going on. So with that, I think that it's kind of a double question. But it's like sleep sleep regression question mark or what are my exceptions and allowances
1: when they're sick? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. So, and, and you guys are far enough removed from sleep training. It's not like you finished sleep training yesterday that no, when, when a child is not feeling well and even when they're congested, I'm totally fine. If you go in, I wouldn't go in the moment you hear them, obviously, but I'm okay. If you go in a few minutes later, um, maybe suction out their nose or wipe their nose down. Um, I'm a huge fan of baby vapor rub. I don't know if y'all call it that same thing. Yes. But uh, yes. love baby vapor rub, all those kinds of things, a coolness humidifier, anything like that. But I mean, ob- you know, for, for congestion, obviously it's not like, Oh, you have a runny nose. Let me hold you and rock you to sleep, which I know you're not doing, but, I know it's just, it can sometimes for some families be a slippery slope into, oh, runny nose, congestion. Let me just hold you upright for 20 minutes. like, we don't have to do that. They can roll over and go back to sleep just like you can when you have a stuffy nose, but we can help them a little bit. Now, eight month regression, yes, that actually is a thing. Sometimes it's related to learning how to crawl. So I don't know if he is learning how to be more mobile or what his skill is? What's he working yeah. on? Yeah, he, um,
2: he's just set up properly. Okay. Um, started set, sitting up properly. And he he has been like more active trying to kind of like, he's at the moment like at that stage where he's like really up on his hands, really high on his hands on the floor with his tummy down and like trying to fold one leg and find out what that does to him in terms of movement. Um, but he's yeah. not quite, he's not very quiet yet.
1: Okay. So generally at eight months, I'm seeing they're learning some type of new skill. And that's why it's labeled like, Oh no, there's the regression. And what I would want to do is give him more time during the day. Like if maybe you've lost sight of having intentional tummy time, I would get back and do that with him. Um, you know, spending at least, I'm trying to remember what, uh, the physical therapist suggested. I'll have to put it in the show notes, but I believe she said something about having like five times a day, having tummy time, but like three to five minutes. We're not talking like you got to have 30 minute tummy time sessions right now. Um, I would just be more cognitive of like, Oh, let's get them on the floor. Let's get them, um, you know, practicing sitting up and maybe practicing laying down. So generally what I see is if they're learning how to crawl or they're learning how to sit up, they'll get into their, their cot, they'll get into their crib and they'll be like, Oh, cool. Let me try it here. I'm all by myself. It's a quiet space. Let me try my new skill. And so they may wake up early in the morning, trying to sit up or trying to crawl around because they're just, it's the lightest stages of sleep in the early morning. And any little thing could trigger a wake up. And then they're like, Oh, let's, let's practice. Let's do my new thing. So I have seen that happen before. Um, now with congestion or maybe it is some slight teething, Like you said, he's got a low-grade fever. Yes, that's a teething sign. Um, I don't recommend any type of, uh, you know, rubbing gel, anything like that on the baby. I would suggest, if anything... um, The
2: frozen washcloth?
1: Yeah, the frozen washcloth. Um, I always hesitate to say Tylenol, Motrin, anything like that. I just hesitate that because unfortunately I've worked with parents who like they do Motrin every single night. I'm like, no, that's not right. So I definitely don't want that. But to me, if his early morning wakings have been sporadic, it has not been every single day. And if it's been less than two weeks, I think he's going through some type of developmental something. So right. I would want to go back to the daytime and make sure he's getting only three hours of daytime sleep. No okay. more than that. Um, and then if he is getting 12 hours of sleep, I want to wake him up at 12 hours. What time is his bedtime, wake time, nap times?
2: He goes to bed generally around 6 30 PM, okay. obviously. And he wakes up, you know, normally he would have been waking up around 6.30 a.m. Like, he, he actually does almost the 12 hours. Uh, I have had several times to actually wake him up at that 12-hour mark. But it's been, I think, probably for the past three weeks, he started kind of being a bit out of whack with that. But it's still, you know, about 11 hours of sleep every night. So, but then that, hap- that makes it be... You know, five thirty a.m. Sometimes.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yeah.
2: That. That. And. And then during during the day, like I said, uh, two hours in the morning, one hour in the afternoon, and I always have to wake him up.
1: Okay. What time does he wake up from the afternoon nap?
2: Three.
1: Three generally. Okay. So three and a half hours is fine. You could get away with doing three hour forty five minute up to four hours at his age. At eight months old. Um. When does he turn nine months old?
2: It's every first of the month.
1: Okay, so he just turned eight months old. So I would hesitate to do four hours, but you could play with just 15 extra minutes, like 6.45 bedtime instead of 6.30 bedtime. The reason I'm saying go later instead of go earlier is because 6.30 is quite early. If you said his bedtime was 7 or 7.30, I'd say let's move bedtime earlier. But 6.30 is already fairly early. So I would go just 15 minutes later first. And I would say do a 6.45 bedtime for like a solid week and see if that does anything to change his early morning time. If he does wake up at 6.30, I mean, sorry, 5.30, yes, that's 11 hours, but that's way too early to start the day if you don't have to. Yeah. So I would let him be until 6 and then we can get him up and that's when we'd start our wake time clock. If he is waking up and just kind of like, moving around, trying to sit up, playing with his fingers, you know, playing with a sleep sack, fine, let him be. Even if he is quiet. So I've seen this happen so often where the parent will tell me they have like a really smart monitor and the monitor like reads everything. And I think you have to be careful of that sure. Um because of like, no, my baby's awake. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> I have barely met a baby who is like wide awake, but still for an hour. Like I've barely seen that. So if maybe Max is dozing on and off, then I would leave him until 6.30 because he's maybe, uh, maybe he's whining for a few minutes. Maybe he's playing with a sleep sack, and then he's still, and he fell back asleep, and then he wakes up and repeats that cycle. If he does that for an hour, I would let him be. I'd let him work through yeah. it, and then at 6.30, get him up. All right, let's start our day, and let's move on. So that would be that. Now, the other thing, knowing that it is summer where you are, um, the only other thing I would look at is possible sunlight coming in that's the only other thing i would say like before we even get to that before we even change bedtime or maybe you know let him be in the morning if you can go in his room and you can after um after we get off this call you can do this later when he's awake but i would go in his room turn off his lights close the curtains close everything sit there take a picture and if it's like literally pitch black awesome but if you see anything if you can like see your hand in front of your face if you can see details around
0: the room then that would be step one, is to make it pitch black dark.
2: Okay, I'll have a look at
0: that. Okay, so circling back to what Katie and I talked about, you guys, she sent me a photo of her child's room, of Max's room, and lo and behold, there was sunlight streaming in on all the sides of the window in his room. So I said, you got to make it dark, dark as can be. And sure enough, she replied the very next day that Max slept past 630 so awesome darkness really truly matters if you want to see what i recommend if you are here in the states i recommend blackout easy covers you can check those out in the show notes but i'm saying all of this because sleep is a thing no matter where you live if you have a phone and a child who cannot sleep you can make sleep happen All you need to do is head to littlezsleep.com, check out the program that corresponds to your child's age and make it happen because sleep is not something that we can live without. It is a universal language that we absolutely need to thrive and survive. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Sweet dreams. See you next time.